Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the This call is being recorded. Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Show. Welcome to day two of Pigskin Nut Radio, where we strive to bring you greatness, great analysis, great football content, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've, I've always said to you guys, since you guys have started listening to me, there's good analysis out there. But I feel a lot of the mainstream stuff that we're getting, it's, it's watered down. Uh, and I feel essentially a lot of times people are really just copying whatever, what everyone else is doing. If you want good, insightful football analysis, you've, you've come to the right place. This is, Pigskin Nut, this is Pigskin Nut Radio. This is the Pro Football Scouting Show, which the first 100 episodes was just me. But now it is a team effort at, as it is part of Pigskin Nut Radio. And all this is brought to you by Pigskin Nut Media. You can follow us at pigskinnut.com. Uh, on Pigskin Nut, we have coverage of all 32 NFL teams, the American Alliance of Football, every major college football conference, player profile and scouting reports, fantasy football, articles that really dive into the X and the O's of the game and make it interesting to learn. And of course, Pigskin, Pigskin Nut Radio. Our mission is is to be a vast source of football news where you get everything you need uh, from from one site. So uh, it's you know this weekend was all about the NFL Combine. We're in draft season. One of the biggest stops of draft season is is the NF, is the NFL Combine. So uh, joining joining me today uh, we ha- we have Austin and then we also have Josh Davis. So I am gonna we have Austin Smith and Josh Davis. So I'm going to introduce them to you first. Uh, Josh is actually the, the producer uh, and the president of Pigskin Nut Radio. Austin from the good old state of Texas has a passion for the game. So uh, I'm going to introduce uh, Austin first. Austin, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, um, you know, what you love about the game and, and uh, you know, a little bit about your background. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, glad to be here, guys. I, uh, I, you know, grew up playing all sports, and, you know, um, I was just one of those people growing up that uh, I always liked the idea of people coming up to me and saying, hey, Austin, you know, did you see that last night, or, or you know, what did you think of that particular play or that particular ruling or something like that? I always prided myself on being that guy that could give, you know, an educated answer, and, you know, when you talk about the NFL draft, uh, you know, you're taking the college football game and the NFL game, two things that are really, you know, got a, a number of differences to them, and, and it gives you that opportunity to kind of put them together and kind of fit it together like a puzzle. So I got big on the draft early. I played football all the way through my early years of college at North Texas. Um, didn't have my head screwed on quite straight, so that didn't last long. But, but you know, uh, always been a big football person, uh, a sports writer now, Football season's obviously my favorite, and the NFL draft is my Christmas. Beautiful stuff. Hey, Austin, as a football player, what's the most natural position for you? Uh, I was a wide receiver. Although, I'll kick this in there, um, I also did some long snapping throughout my high school days, and, it, and even up in North Texas, you know, I, I was the scout team long snapper because uh, we had a starter, but we didn't have anybody else, and it was something that – for some reason, I just – I had a knack for it. But, no, I was a wide receiver, um, a little bit more on the possession side of things than the speed burner. But, uh, but yeah, I was, uh, I was a guy that loved to go up and get that ball and, and you know, loved to – took a lot of pride in my routes, took a lot of pride in anything that, you know, I got my eyes on, I caught. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I love evaluating receivers. I love evaluating quarterbacks because of the way I evaluate receivers. So uh, those are 
those are definitely two of the positions that come most naturally, but always, always receiver is something I'm going to fall into naturally. Good stuff. And hey, guys, this is the exact reason that, you know, why you want to listen to what we have to say, because again, um, I think a lot of the stuff that we get out there, uh, there, there seems to a lot of times be an emotional or a cognitive bias to it. How about just calling it as it is? That's what we're here to do. Next, I'm going to introduce the uh, president of Pigskin Nut um, of Pigskin Nut Radio, as well as our producer. His name is Josh Davis. Josh, tell us a little bit about you know your your background in radio and uh, you know why you're so passionate about the game. Thanks, Steve. Hey, Austin. Uh... Yeah, my background in radio goes back uh, around uh, around 14 years. Uh, I, I worked in uh, in different aspects of radio. Uh, like I said before, I started out in promotions, uh, but I quickly worked my way up and uh, uh, was in the production booth uh, for many different things, uh, syndicated rock shows across the, the country. Uh, and also I was uh, executive producer for the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Uh, as well as anything that was needed when I was in Kentucky uh, working for the ESPN affiliate there. And I really got a love for it. Um, and uh, I just I really enjoy putting out good quality radio. And my love for the game goes back to me being a kid. Uh, and um, my dad was, was a – he played in high school, could have played in college. He chose to play basketball in college. Uh, but uh, he, um, he, always, he instilled that love for football. And and I played up until high school. Um, I didn't play any after that, but uh, um, I've always followed it, and it's been my number one sport across the board. Uh, I, I love basketball too, but it kind of stops at the college level. But when it comes to football, I can watch anything. It doesn't matter, indoor arena, Canadian. I don't care what it is, as long as it's as long as it resembles American football. I, I'll, I'll pay attention, and I love it. Good, 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 good stuff, man. Well, hey, well, let's, you know, let's get it rolling. And we're actually going to have Josh uh, chime in, chime in on a couple of players, Josh Allen and Brian Burns. He's got some, some special write-ups on them. But, um, you know, first, you know, guys, let's, let, let's, let's, let's talk about this, this, cl this class in general. And I'm going to have you guys kind of both talk on this. You know, this is, this, this to me is in, in recent years, one of the best classes of of defensive linemen that, that i that i that i think we've seen what do you what do you guys and austin i'll start out with you you know what are you guys what are you seeing from this class of defensive linemen yeah you know me and josh were talking about this before the show about how uh this combine has kind of been a gratifying a gratifying process for us nfl evaluators you know big draft people because you know, it wasn't a week after the the football season last year that, you know, everybody was looking at this class of defensive linemen and all the Clemson kids are coming back and Alabama's already got a couple. And you got Bosa and Gary and Oliver that are all guys that are top four, top five recruits coming out of high school, you know, and it's like, man, you just keep looking and you keep finding another defensive lineman that you were really impressed with at one point or another. And then we get to, you know, obviously here, you know, um, you know, uh, obviously nearly a year later and suddenly they're, they're doing exactly what we all thought they would. You know, these guys are putting up good numbers. They're showing that they're really going to step into the NFL and be different makers, difference makers early on. Um, you've got a lot of versatility in this bunch, which is always something, whether it's, you know, pure edge rushers, whether it's more technical edge rushers, whether it's three techniques, five techniques, nose tackles, guys with the history of playing end and tackle, guys with the history of playing end and on their feet as an outside linebacker. Uh, it's not just a top-heavy group. It's a diverse group. And, man, it's it's really made for a, in a, a very passionate traditional football fan like me that loves to see good defense uh boy it's it's really been a pleasure to watch these guys grow over the year and then put up the show some of them did this weekend absolutely josh what what are you seeing from from this class just looking at the guys up front on defense well he hit it on the head there with diverse i mean you've got you've got guys like Bo, like bosa that's just a monster and there's not a lot that he can't do 
And then you've got guys like, uh, like you mentioned before, Brian Burns, who he puts his hand in the dirt and he goes and gets the job done. And then you've got guys like Josh Allen that can do a little bit of everything. He can put his hand in the dirt and be effective. He can play the outside linebacker. He can drop back in the coverage. And uh, it's, it's what I love about the NFL and what I love about the, the, the scouting and, and, and seeing these guys come through because, you know, a lot of people see Josh Allen today and don't remember that he was a two-star recruit. He, he, he didn't get much looks out of, out of, um, out of high school. And uh, he, he's come up, and, and now they're talking about him being a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. And uh, uh, you just see guys like that that, that, are, that are really hardworking and can do a whole lot of different things, and they're all being talked about in the same breath. And, and this is what I love. This is what I love about football. Good, good, good stuff. Yeah, we got, we, we got a great class. We got a great class this year. Um, look, and, and I think even even in the later rounds, because there, there's such a logjam uh, of, of, of really good defensive line prospects in the first round. But, you know, look, every year team, teams are getting, you know, guys who can play the three technique, guys that can, you know, clog, you know, can clog the running lane. So, you know, you're always getting these guys in later rounds as well. And I think with the logjam you have this year, you're probably going to see guys coming, you know, guys that are going to be solid pros coming out, coming out in later rounds. So the first, the first guy I'm going to look at um, that I'm going to talk about just specifically on his combine. And then, and then we'll have, uh, have Austin kind of chime in here. So looking, looking at Ed Oliver, uh, I've, you know, we always hear the, you, you know, we always hear the comparisons with hit with him, with him and Aaron Donald. And to be honest, what, when I when I turn on when I turn on the tape, I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing similar comparisons. What you didn't see necessarily was the was the, was the, was the production. But you know, look looking at Ed Oliver, if you want to talk about what he did on the field, because he didn't he didn't do all that much. But you know, he had a 36 vertical jump. Uh, his broad jump was 10. Put up 32 on, on the bench press. And again, uh, you know, I really think. His natural position for him is going to be is going to be a three technique, something that he really didn't use that he wasn't used primarily as when he was playing in Houston. Austin, what are you, what are your thoughts on Ed Oliver and the combine? And you know, did you have any issues with him with him not doing all of his drills? Um, you know, in the beginning, uh, I had a little bit of an issue with it because I think with Ed Oliver, we've got a prospect that, you know, he's got options. I mean, do you, do you want to bulk up to 295 or maybe even north of 300 pounds and, and play a different position that you would at two, you know, he weighs 287? I mean, this is a guy, it's funny, you, you do hear all the Aaron Donald uh, comparisons, but you look at a guy like Geno Atkins, who's a much, I think, a little bit more of a balanced player. Donald is just so explosive. Uh, you know, it's like, dude, you know, this is a guy that could, yes, he could commit himself to being that, explosive player like Aaron Donald has and keep his weight around the 280s or maybe you do bulk up a little bit and you know you still keep some of that explosion and you know you're a little bit more of a you know a different fit as a three technique or even a combo guy that could go back and forth between the three and the one um but you know uh that's that's really when I looked at that I kind of said to myself okay here's what I don't want though I don't want this guy to show up at 287 pounds not do the, the, the three-cone drills, the 40-yard dashes, some of those things, and then turn around and do them all at Houston at 270-something pounds. I don't want that. I mean, but if 287 is what you've got circled, then by all means, I want to see a guy that's committed to that weight and not committed to showing us one thing at the combine and then a whole other side of his game. Uh, and the truth be told, you're not going to be able to do the two of them whether the weight's too low or, you know, or too high, just depending on what your fit's going to be. So with Ed Oliver, you know, that's, that's kind of what I look at. But, you know, guys, the explosion is there, 287 pounds, and he's jumping 36 inches, you know, the, the broad jump, the, the explosion with his, uh, his hands on the bench press. This is a guy that, you know, we talk about how he didn't have a ton of pr- production, but, boy, when he flashed, he flashed. I mean, there was there wasn't a doubt on the field. Oh, that was Oliver. You know, that was a guy that's getting off the snap before a guard's even out of his stance, or better yet, he's getting into an interior lineman's chest 
before, you know, before they've even got a chance to get their arms extended. And he has got the kind of versatility I talked about to be the kind of player he's comfortable with. Right now it appears 287. He is going maybe more of the Aaron Donald routes. But uh, but explosion is, is what I see from him. And obviously, you know, he didn't do much, but what he did showed us how explosive he can be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, you know, I'm already starting to see the way this could be panning out is, look, I said before the NFL draft last year that I thought the guy that the guy that based on where I thought he was going to be drafted and how he performed, I thought the big defensive steal of the first round last year would be Derwin James. And arguably, he was the best, best defensive steal last year. I think Ed Oliver you know, you're not hearing about him going in the top five, but he has very, very rare ability. For me, I, he's still a guy that, that I would draft in the top ten. Austin, if you're if you're a, a GM, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's scheme-specific here, but where where's a good spot to draft Ed Oliver value-wise? You, you know, um, you, you you mentioned Derwin James, and, you know, the funny thing is is nobody talks about how not only the Chargers did they get a steal, but they got it sitting right there where they started. I mean, and that's kind of the thing about Ed Oliver is, you know what, you're, I agree 100% with you. This guy's got top five ability. You know, are there some scheme questions like, you know, how much is the weight going to be and how is he going to play at that weight? Of course there are, but, you know, the truth is this is a guy that uh, – I mean, he's as talented as anybody. I mean, going into the season, it wasn't Quinn and Williams that we had in our top five. It was Ed Oliver who was one of one of the top DT and you know returning. So I look at that and and I look at like I say, 287 pounds, look looking like a true three technique, a true you know guy that can get up the field and cause you know wreak havoc in the backfield. Um, I look at a team like Buffalo, who's really had a number of run stuffers. you got to start thinking about him there. But you get out of the top ten, and you start looking at teams like Atlanta. You look at a team like Cleveland. We talk about a guy who doesn't mind unconventional and John Dorsey. I mean, we saw it last year. Teams like that, if this is a guy that you're in love with, or you, don't, don't say put. You know, Derwin James don't happen every year. You don't just get to sit you know, still and hope a guy falls in your lap that's that talented. You know, I, I would certainly – we hear a lot about, oh, well, who's going to trade up for the quarterbacks? You know what? Who's going to trade up for a guy like Ed Oliver with top five talent that's probably got a good chance at getting out of that top five? Um, I think you you got to start looking at a team like Buffalo who needs pass rush help. Uh, and if you're one of those teams picking later, like I say, Atlanta, you know, if Atlanta likes him, if Grady Jarrett does get away from him, by all means, guys – you know, don't stay put. Get on up there, you know, and, and get a hold of this kid because he's special. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, one thing one, one thing I'll say to piggyback off, off of what you said, and then we'll, and then, you know, we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about Devin White, is, is, is this, is, you know, last year, Cleveland, they drafted Denzel Ward. And, and, and essentially, you know, what they're hoping is, is them drafting Denzel Ward was actually really going to help Miles Garrett indirectly when you just look at the way an NFL defense functions. But I still think that the Browns, you know, they can they can they can definitely stand to get more pressure up front. You put a guy like Ed Oliver uh, next, you know, next to Miles Garrett. Um, you know, they're playing they're playing in a four three defense. I'm pretty sure. You know, that's 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 pretty good right there. So so I I think him going to Cleveland, and you know, I think where Cleveland's picking, he could be available. So. I think that would be a potentially great fit. So the, the next player we're going to go to, uh, and I'm just going to flat out say it, out of any player that I watched at the Combine, in, ter- in terms of just simply the way he moved, was LSU linebacker uh, Devin, Devin White. Now, uh, I've actually, you know, um, you know, when I actually turned on, turned on the tape of this guy, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's so, there's so much to like. First of all, um, you look you look at you look at him at the combine. Um, he had literally no wasted movement on any on any of his drills. He ran his forty uh, in, in the in the low four fours. Uh, I think he was he's a four point four one or four point four two. Forty forty inch vertical jump, ten on ten on the broad jump. And what I loved was 
He had no wasted movement. And although he is very fast, there are, he had a great 40 time. But if you look at his quickness in small spaces, it was outstanding. One thing that I also loved was how fluid and, and natural he, he was with, with his hips. 22 reps on the bench, not bad. But uh, I think he's a guy that you can, you, can plug, you can plug into any defense from day one, and it's going to instantly make, make your team better. Austin, what did you see from LSU linebacker Devin White? You know, I'm um, I'm definitely a big fan of White. He uh, and you mentioned it, the ability to maneuver in, in tight corridors. You know, I mean, it, it's not always easy being in the middle of everything and trying to get from point A to point B before the ball carrier or you know whoever you know is getting the ball, you know, get gets to that particular point. Um, White, you know, you see a little bit of the running back skill set. You know, this was a guy that was a you know, kind of did both in high school, obviously came to LSU and, and focused on linebacker. Um, but you can see it. You can see a guy who's comfortable maneuvering in traffic. And you see a guy that, in my opinion, and this is the biggest thing, I think he's got a strong safety skill set as far as his. I mean, the numbers are the jumps, the speed, the, the explosion. You're not kidding about it, not a lot of wasted movement. This is a guy that is a just a terrific athlete and he's always on balance but the ability to maneuver within traffic and stay on balance that way you can maintain that acceleration and maintain that speed you know those are the things I really like about him now I will say this you know I sometimes wonder if his feet get moving quicker than his eyes do and you know you love to have a linebacker who just naturally reacts to what's happening but you got to see it to react to it I do see sometimes where I think he maybe he overpursues a little bit and he doesn't get necessarily his instincts don't kick in to let him know that, you know, the way things are going, this guy, you know, is slowing down to cut back. I think the instincts are the only thing I question with him. But the bottom line is in this league, passing is more important than ever. And you need linebackers that can stay on the field. You know, whether they're running it right up the middle at you or whether you're being asked to, you know, to break on a slot receiver, a tight end, a running back. I mean, my goodness, what they're doing with running backs nowadays, you know, uh, as receivers, you've got to be able to have that versatile skill set. And when you look at the athlete he is, there's no doubt about it. This is a guy you want to blitz him. He's explosive enough to, you know, to do that. You want to drop him into coverage. You want to put him in zone, maybe even match him up in certain instances. This is a guy that can stay on the football field, and that's got to be first and foremost when it comes to a linebacker. Yep, I, I, absolutely. You know, and, and, just, and just and just and just watching watching his his play, um, uh, you know, on the field. I, th- I think he's going to translate. Not only did he have a great combine workout. But he's a guy that I, that I think is, is going to be a good pro at the next level. I think you can really plug him into pretty much any team, and you can find a way for him to be productive. Uh, we're going to, we're, next, we're going to talk about the next step, uh, Devin, Devin Bush. And I think, you know, there was definitely a lot of comps between, between Devin White and Devin Bush. Uh, for me, you know, um, they both ran a similar 40 time. They both had explosiveness, what I thought generally was that Devin White was just a more fluid mover than Devin Bush, although I thought Devin Bush was a good fluid mover. Um, he, had, he, showed, he showed good feet, react, reacted well. And again, I talked about quick, quick versus fast. He's, he's quick and he's fast. He's got that straight line speed. But again, he's quick in the small spaces. I don't think so much in a different body type than Devin White, but not, not exactly the same. But you know, you look at him. You know, his legs were legs were huge when I noticed that yesterday. But again, oh, he's got you, know, you, always you always want to see these linebackers be able to flip their hips and and keep and keep their eyes on the target. And I thought he did all that. Did all that. So for me, you know, he che- he checked the boxes. Uh, I thought I saw, did see him lose his balance a couple times. You do you do see that happen with some of these drills. Um, but I thought overall, it's not something I doubt him for. I thought he was a good mover. Yeah, absolutely. I um I was I was big on Devin Bush earlier in the process, but before, you know, some of the people that I kind of, you know, keep conversations going with were and they, you know, they kept telling me Austin he just he's so small, you know, is that going to be able to hold up? And that's really the the my my one question. If this guy, you know, and 
and there's been so much made up about size and weight and height throughout you know throughout this year with Kyler Murray. But Devin Bush is another one where you look at him and you say, boy, if that guy's two two and a half inches taller, my goodness, we've got ourselves a monster. I mean, 234 pounds at 5'11". This guy, this guy's built. I mean, to take punishment and at being shorter, you know, obviously this is a game of leverage. You know, there's so much to like about him. Can he withstand that punishment, you know, to be uh, not just a great player through his rookie contract, but into a second contract, seven, eight, nine years into the league? That's really my my only concern. But you're not kidding. Another guy that's pretty fluid, um, you know, it's tough to be as fluid as Kevin White was in his workouts. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I love that you hit on that. There's not a lot of wasted, you know, footwork. Not a lot of wasted movement. Bush is a um, probably a tick behind him in that. But once again, this is a guy that can stay on the field, you know, three downs. You know, he can offer you a number of different things. Uh, I think he is a little bit more instinctive than White. And, you know, that could play a role. Some teams could, you know, could decide that maybe this is a better fit because we've got a guy that maybe that's the thing that separates the two of them is maybe – you know, I know White, it's it's just with the natural movement, but with this guy, it might be that, you know what, his eyes take him to the football just a little bit quicker than White does. Um, and I don't think it's an over, you know, an over-exaggeration to say that we might see both of these guys gone before we reach pick 17. I really don't. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing I like about, about Bush is that, you know, he has, he has a versatility to rush the passer. So, He's a he's a he's a guy that can do a lot of different things for your, for your defense. No 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 yeah. question about it. So with that, we're we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move on to to Josh Allen. Um, hey, interesting. We we had you know interesting point I'll make. We had a Josh Allen last year that personally I thought was hyped too much, and I kind of feel the same way about this Josh Allen. Although I do think this this Josh Allen is gonna be a good pro. I just don't see him as you know, the top edge rusher like like some people do or, or top two. But um, that that brings me to bring our awesome producer back. So Josh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you take, you know, a few minutes because I I know you've you've studied a lot uh, of Josh Allen, the Kentucky linebacker, because I know you're all about your Kentucky and, and your in your Florida State University. But when you when you look at Josh Allen, um, Looking at the combine, also even looking at the tape, and just kind of what 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 are your what are your thoughts on on this guy overall as a talent? Yeah, Steve. Uh, uh, being a Kentucky fan and seeing what uh, where Josh Allen came from and what he's built into, uh, uh, I don't see him as being overhyped. I do see some things, some parts of his game that need some help. Uh, I think that that was uh, uh, just trying to trying to do too much. Uh, one of the things that that he has a couple of issues with is is when he's he's easily pushed and he he loses balance uh, kind of easy. And and the reason that I think that is, I talked a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, he um, I think he tries to read too much instead of react. And and when he's trying to read the play and trying to read what the quarterback is doing or what the running back is doing or what the linemen are doing in their blocking schemes, I think he tries to read too much. And when he's doing that, he's it's easy for them to push him back. He had some trouble with that this year. Um, and at the combine, uh, uh, some people were wondering why he did this. He's there as as a D lineman, but he ran with the linebackers. And, and and you you pair the the time that he had with his forty uh, with the rest of the linebackers and he looked slow. He ran a he ran a four six four six three something like that, uh, and that's slow for a linebacker. Uh, but he came in at two sixty two. Nick Bosa came in at two sixty seven or two sixty six and ran a four seven nine. So when you look at it compared to that. It's not it's not necessarily as bad as as it looked the day that he ran it running with the linebackers. Um, you know, one of the things that he does is he's able to put his hand in the dirt and just get after it. When, when he's not trying to read, when he's got one clear objective and that's get to the quarterback, he does it. Last year, not this past season, but the year before, he only had seven sacks the whole season. Last year, 
He put up 17. So he's only got the one year of the huge production. He had 66 tackles in 2017. He upped that to 88 last year uh, and played in every game from his sophomore season on. Uh, but his production just kept getting better, kept getting better, kept getting better. And I think that that's because he he was able to do so much. Because not only was he able to do that, but he was even able to to uh, cover some wide receivers. And that's something you don't see a lot of edge rushers be able to do. And I know he didn't go down on a, on a fly pattern with guys, but he was able to stay with them uh, in the short patterns and uh, was able to get his hands on some balls uh, to, to disrupt the passing game in that. And I think that's what really gives him uh, the, uh, the attention that he's getting is his versatility. He's able to do so much. And if he would, I think if he would slow down a little bit, not read so much, more react, like you were talking about before, Austin, if he would just react instead of trying to read, I think his balance issues would get better. And, and I think that he would uh, um, actually help his entire game because the dude's got instincts. He is, he, he'll, he'll be, I, I saw him a few times line up on the outside and within less than three steps, he's in the middle making a, making a sack. And, and you don't do that with moves a lot. You, you do that by instincts because you can tell what the, the offensive line is doing pretty much from the first step that the, either the guard or the tackle makes. You know what their scheme is going to be, whether they're sliding to one side, whether they're pulling somebody, what they're doing, and he reacts to that. Now, he tries to read too much during run plays, but he reacts during pass plays, and I think that that's going to be his, his strength is, is, in the, is in the, against the passing game. That's not to say he didn't have a strength in the run game, uh, but his big strength came because uh, he could do so much. He can drop back into coverage, and he can get after the quarterback, and he can chase guys down at that speed with that size that he has. He can still chase down the guy from, uh, from the opposite side of the field. So I'm – I'm really excited to see what happens. A lot of people are saying that he's he's the uh, he should be a top five pick. I don't know that I agree with top five. Uh, it would be kind of interesting though if he did end up in Buffalo. Uh, them having uh, <laughs> uh, drafted two Josh Allen's back to back drafts, uh, but you know it's uh, um, I, I don't know that he he'll go top five. I do see top fifteen. Uh, this this. This game that we are talking about is so funny because last year, what did we see the most of? We saw offense. And what is free agency this year, and what is the draft full of? Defense. It's defense heavy. It's defense heavy. And and so and it, you can't plan for that. It just happens that way. And, and, and I love the way that this game just keeps going back and forth. I mean, it's all cyclical. And I just can't wait to see what any of these defensive linemen are doing uh, once we get the games going on this fall. Uh, But Josh Allen, he will be a force, uh, regardless of who takes him and when. Uh, And and, and I'm just excited to see what he does and how his game progresses. Because I tell you, with him and and Benny Snell in the backfield at UK, uh, they're the two reasons that we were so successful this year. Yeah, absolutely. And Josh Allen. Like a lot of these guys, you know, he, 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 he's vers- he has a lot of versatility. I'll touch on that in a second, but Austin, what did, what did you see with, with Kentucky linebacker Josh Shadon at the combine? Um, you know, um, I saw a guy that, you know what, I really kind of I, – I, I saw what I expected to see. I saw a guy who was a, a, a very fluid athlete for his size. I saw a guy who, you know, maybe his frame – you know, is a little thinner than than what we would see from a typical defensive end. But, you know, I liked what Josh was saying about, you know, against the run, uh, you know, maybe he's reading a little bit too much and reacting. And you know what I I think that's a, a cause of? I think this is a player that's more comfortable playing on the backside than on the play side. And I noticed, you know, Allen, he had a tendency to kind of he, – he went back and forth to both sides at times. But I tell you – on the strong side, you just blow by somebody and you leave somebody else. You, you run right out of the play and you leave somebody else out to dry a lot of times. Whereas that backside, you know, for a team that's going to designate him, hey, but, you know, we want you as a weak side. It, let's say it's an outside linebacker in a 3-4. That's where Josh Allen's value, in my personal opinion, just goes through, you know, up into the top ten 
top five conversation because now we've got a guy that, guess what, you know, there's much more of an opportunity to just react. You know, you see play going away from you, and there's much more opportunity to just react to what's going on as opposed to having to take someone on, having to hold ground, having to, you know, make that decision on whether or not you're hooked and, and to, you know, to get inside and try and get up the field to disturb things that way or to hold your outside contain. You know, there, there's so many, you know, so many more responsibilities to playing on the play side than the backside. And I really think it, that's what kind of solidified for me at the combine. I saw the slightly thinner frame. Uh, and I said to myself, you know what, this is a guy that needs to be pursuing from the backside as opposed to taking on on the strong side. Good good stuff, good stuff. You know, when I when I saw Josh Allen, you know, uh, on tape, uh, I saw a guy that had a tremendous first step uh, and a guy that, you know, Josh, you mentioned, he's tremendously instinctive. You know, his his, his ability to diagnose what is going on it's it's good. It's it's really good. You want to talk about hands? He's he's got he's got good hands. What I think Josh Allen really really needs to, to be worthy of that top five pick is he's going to need it. He's going to need a good good coach at the next level that's going to help him get his hand battle game up because where he got stuck was a lot of times you know he just didn't have the answer on the counter moves and you saw him a lot of times disappearing from games. But when I looked at Josh Allen yesterday, ran a 4.640, you know, again, just another guy that is a pure, pure athlete. Uh, he, he, he looks smooth, uh, very, very little, very little wasted movement. And, uh, you know, just watching him yesterday also showed to be, to be instinctive as well. Uh, I think, I think, you know, when you look at Josh Allen, he is, he is the best guy in in this draft in coverage of all the of all the edge rushers and I think it just adds to his versatility. Uh there's been talks about comparing him to Anthony Barr. Uh I do see that a little bit, but for me I, I think he's, you know, as good as Anthony Barr was in was in coverage at UCLA. I do I, I do uh think that he is um you know he's he's even better Josh Allen is. So um with that uh we are we are gonna move on on to Nick Bosa, and uh, I'll tell you, you know, for me, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't maybe watching. I look, I watched everyone's combine closely, but for me, I just saw way too much from the tape. Where I'm like, yeah, it's Nick Bosa, whatever. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a great pro anyway. But just, but just talking about another guy that is an efficient mover, did everything well, didn't, you know, didn't, didn't labor at all could read and react, all that stuff. Again, and I just think, you know, Nick Bosa, when you want to talk about a hand technician, um, he's he's going to be, when you look at turn on the college tape, you know, I would say, you know, he's in the same class as Bradley Chubb and his brother Joey as being some of the best edge-rushing hand technicians we've, we've seen in a while. Austin, what, what did you see from Nick Bosa at the Combine? I mean, you know, it's... It's funny, as an evaluator, you always want to try and keep from giving the lazy evaluation and say, oh, well, he's a lot like his brother. But for crying out loud, guys, he's a lot like his brother. I mean, it's there, there's there's not really, you know, I mean, this you, you're not kidding. You know, Joey was a terrific, you know, hand footwork guy, you know, coordinating those hands and those feet to be in perfect balance when you separate off of an offensive lineman's hands to be able to explode up the field. Nick is is right there in the same class as you know as his brother, just a terrific technician as a defensive end. And you know, it's funny because we we see guys go out to the combine and they refuse to maybe do this because maybe their numbers aren't aren't where they need to be, or maybe they you know hold off like like I was talking about Oliver earlier. Maybe you know maybe if I slim down five pounds, you know the numbers that aren't where they need to be will be where they need to be at my pro day. You know, they'll come around and, you know, maybe he slipped that past the evaluators that, yes, I was just as explosive as you thought, even though I'm a little lighter. With Nick Bosa, you know, I love the fact that he just went out and he, he, he tested. And you know what? He didn't, he didn't do it with anybody else in mind. 
You know, he didn't do it with a, a, a Josh Allen or a, a Montez Sweat or, you know, a Quinnen Williams, who's another guy. I think those two, in my opinion, are the, the top two on the board is both and Quinnen Williams. But, you know, he just went out there and he competed against himself. You know, he just, hey, you know what? What are my numbers? How do I improve on them? You know, a 47940 doesn't bother me necessarily with a guy like this because this guy just plays with such great balance such great hands, such coordinated feet with the hands, you know, that it's just it, – it's going to be a nightmare trying to block this guy because you can't keep your hands on him, and he, he just constantly gets you off balance if you're an offensive lineman. So Bosa, you know, he's he's as advertised, you know. And like I say, I hate I hate giving the lazy evaluation, you know, but that's that's really the truth of it is, you know, these two – you know, we're obviously, you know, coached together. They were raised together, and, and they, you know, have a lot of the same strengths. And I think we're going to see a very similar player. You know, I, I personally think it should be a player in Arizona. Uh, I'll tell you this much. If I'm the Cardinals, I sure as heck would not want San Francisco to take him at two and turn around and whisper in his ear twice a year, oh, by the way, that team didn't think you were good enough to go number one overall. I certainly wouldn't want to be in those shoes. I, if I'm Arizona, it's Bosa and, 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 you know, and that's that. Yeah. Bosa, Bosa, and Ch- Bosa and Chandler Jones, that, that would be great. But also if he goes to San Francisco, now you're talking about putting him next to DeForest Buckner, which, all, which also makes, and that defensive line, adding Solomon Thomas, they've been getting stronger, uh, you know, the last, the last few years. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, I think, I, I think Bosa again, you know, and, and kind of like you said, the late, the lazy evaluation, but it is what it is. You know, I, I actually think that if you want to talk about, uh, hand, you know, hand placement, meaning knowing when to use your hands and how to use them. Um, you know, I, I, I turn on some tape of Joey and I mean, I couldn't tell much of a difference, but I almost feel like Nick is a little bit quicker. Um, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit better hand placement, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to say one's much better than the other because they're both were so elite at so elite at it uh, at, at the college level. But I think you know every every year there are there are a couple guys in the draft that are home run can't miss picks. Uh, you know Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson. You know those 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 guys were some of those last year, uh, and I think Bosa Bosa is, is one of those guys one of those guys this year. So we're we're gonna move on now to. Um, to, to, to Montez Sweat, and uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you, Austin. You know, great. We we all we all know the we all know the obvious. He did some pretty impressive stuff yesterday. But what did you see from from Montez Sweat? And maybe also, um, I, um, if you've watched some tape on him, kind of how do you feel about this prospect at the combine and as a whole? You know, uh, I I did do a um, more evaluation on sweat then you know then uh, a couple of the other defensive linemen I'm still trying to get uh, you know get more in depth with sweat you know this was a guy that you know I coming out of Miss, you know Mississippi State he, I'm watching plenty of Jeffrey Simmons and this guy's flashing to me but that's what he kind of seemed to me this is a flash player that when he put it all together boy he really did some special things but you know the complete opposite of a Nick Boza how often does the hands and the feet and the balance all come together in order to be able to finish, you know, in the backfield. And, you know, and then it, it's it, it's funny. I, I did. I kind of labeled him as a tools guy, a guy that, like we said with Josh Allen, boy, put this, put, put this guy with someone who is just a terrific teacher. You know, I, I obviously, you know, me being from Texas right now, Rob Marinelli is a guy that we've got down there. And, you know, and we just love him because of his ability to just teach and, and get the best out of defensive linemen. Put him with someone like that, and I think, you know, gosh, the, the, the explosion, the long arms, the, the ability to bend, uh, the flexibility in his torso, you know, those kinds of things are just going to be amplified that much more. And that's kind of how I labeled him. And then we got to the Senior Bowl, and he was getting coached up. Every drill, every, you know, every station, day after day. And I started to see a guy that, man, he looks more consistent now. And I'm not going to say he was he was completely consistent, but he was more consistent in Mobile than I'd seen on any tape from him at Mississippi State. And it's like, wow, 
this guy is taking a jump. And, you know, I talk about, you know, some of the players that people gave me hard times on when I, you know, got high on them, maybe probably before I should have. But this was a guy after that senior bowl, I'm like, guys, I just can't see him getting out of the top 10. Look at the, the package. Um, does he, is he going to be the kind of instant impact player that you want in a t- top 10 pick? Not necessarily, but my goodness, the upside is just astronomical. I mean, it's, it's through the roof. And, and, you know, and we saw that a four, four, one, I mean, guys, you know, everybody, you know, I know people are, well, how often is this guy going to run, you know, 40 yards? How much does a 40 yard dash mean? You know what? This is a guy with extremely long arms, extremely long legs, a long torso. I mean, he's got nearly 36-inch arms. It takes a lot of balance and a lot of core strength to get a body that big, moving that fast, with form, to be able to run a 4-4-1. And I just he, – he just continues to shoot up my board. Right now, you know, I look at a team like Detroit that's losing, probably going to lose – Ziggy Onsen in the offseason, and I, I look at Sweat and I say, man, you know, I, this this kind of seems like a match made in heaven to me. I don't know if everybody is as big on him as I am, but, you know, if you're confident in your defensive line coach and your defensive coordinator, then let me tell you, you're going to value Sweat higher than a lot of these other guys do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, two of, two of the guys on this list, that that I have not watched, you know, really a whole lot of tape on yet, is is really is really is really going to be Sweat and 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 Brian Burns. So so those so those two guys I haven't watched the tape on. But when when I look at Sweat, because usually as an evaluator, the way you want to do it is you want to watch the tape first, and then and then you want the combine to kind of help you confirm some things. So these yeah. two guys is a little bit little bit backwards for me scouting academy where I got my education they'd be ashamed of me but hopefully they're not listening but when I just look at sweat uh, at the combine look he ran the fastest 40 time in in history of a defensive lineman you know who ran slower 40 times than him Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. to think that a guy that big ran a 40 time fat, faster faster than those guys obviously he ran it faster than DeAndre Hopkins Antonio Brown but you know what I saw from him outside of that were issues. Uh, I saw, look, and I know he's 6'5", six, 6'5 five, six, five and a half, might even be 6'6", six, six, but um, he, he he just didn't look like, at least from what I saw, like a guy that was really able to utilize leverage very well. Now, obviously, his height, you know, factors into that, but he really seemed to have a lot of tightness in his hips. His hips just were not opening up uh, the, way, the way I saw, the way I saw other guys doing it. Um, he looked he looked like a great athlete, but you know I just think you know his hips and there's some other tightness. I don't know exactly where it's coming from that I felt made him not be um, you know not make him the efficient mover, change direction you know the, the way the way you want. So I think that's going to be some things you know that he's going to have to work on. But you know you you look at some of the intangibles, the speed and just the raw tools that he has. You know it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, I, so, I, I, I'll, I'll add one more thing on that because I agree with you. And you know what? And call me an optimist. I wonder how much of that was just a player without a plan, a player that the ball snapped and all of a sudden things were moving 100 miles an hour and I didn't. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Am I trying to capture the edge? Am I trying to get him off balance and go into his chest? Am I going straight into his chest? Inside, outside. I, I really do think I saw a guy that just far too often just stood up tried to gather his thoughts, and before he knew it, he was getting punched in the chest, and, and he was off balance, and that was that. Like I say, it's an optimistic view, but I, I kind of relate some of the issues, I think, to a guy that just, like I say, opposite of Bosa, who always seems to have a plan. Ball snapped, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I think, you know, when we talk about a pass rusher coming into the draft, that that does that doesn't have a plan. You know, we, we see we see some of these guys every year. Um, you know, I, I'm intrigued to see what Marcus Davenport can do can, can do can do in New Orleans with a few years of good coaching. Uh, and I think Mon, you know, I think Montez Sweat might be another guy this year. Another great phenomenal athlete. He's he, he's even faster. Um, who, who who you know, if he gets with the right coach, 
works on some things. You know, he just has some raw ability and just an, an, incred- an incredibly good, good, good upside. So, after, so we're going to move. We're going to move on to Rashawn Gary, um, Austin. What what did you see? What did you see when you turn on the tape of Rashawn Gary at the combine? <laughs> Well, we just got done talking about a guy that doesn't always necessarily have a plan. How about a player that doesn't necessarily have a, a set position? I mean, Rashawn Gary, my goodness, is, uh, is there any position that you think he could not, without a doubt, he could not play on the defensive line? I mean, he just, um, I mean, my goodness, his numbers are just all over the board. You look at the uh, the size from a guy like this, uh what, what was he? Just under six five, just uh, just under six four and a half, two hundred and seventy seven pounds. You know, the, the over thirty four inch arms. You know, pretty good size hands. And then you go out and you run a four five eight, and it's like, wow. You know, how does that work at two seventy seven, six four, almost six four and a half? I mean, here's a guy that you know maybe he's a strong side player, but he's got the acceleration of a you know a backside player. You know, here's a guy that's done a lot inside. He's done a lot outside. You know, I talked a lot about uh, about a team like Denver at one point. You know, you know, could, could you see this guy fitting as a five technique? You know, put it, you know, put him in a situation where he's a five technique in a base package, and he plays a little bit of three technique on pass downs and a little bit of end on pass. Uh, you know, the versatility is just just all over the place with this guy. And and Michigan took advantage of that. And part of me wonders, did the production suffer because of that? I don't see necessarily a polished player like, like you know, his Big Ten counterpart, Nick Bosa. You know, uh, I don't see a guy that uh, always necessarily has a plan. Boy, he's got all the tools. Is it, sometimes you wonder to yourself, does, it, does he know which one he's going to use in this particular scenario? You know, in a certain position, you know, you're inside. You got these long arms. You've got, you know, 277 pounds. You you got the power to do it. You know, um, but then on the outside, you know, you, you've got the explosiveness to capture the edge. I mean, it just. I, I see a player that I still think is is he needs he needs somebody to get a hold of him and say, okay, bud, you know, we we, we we're going to stick to only a few tools. Let's stick to your arm length and your explosion, and we'll go from there. I want to take advantage of those things. Forget the rest of it. You know, you'll get better as you go. Uh, you know, going to change sports completely on you. I'm, I'm a Texas Ranger fan. We had you, Darvish. The guy's got like, like you know, six, seven different pitches, three different variations of a fastball. And yet he never, you know, came around. And you kind of wanted to say, bud, do you have too many tools? Can we get you down to just a fastball, a slider, a changeup, maybe throw in a second breaking pitch? I mean, and that's kind of what Rashawn Gary reminds me of is, man, you know, what's going on in his head pre-snap? What's going on in his head? You know, how does he think the game of football? I'm in this particular situation. This is what I need to use, uh, you know, to take advantage of my situation. That's really what Rashawn Gary, I mean, we talk about upside, and we've mentioned it a lot with guys like Allen, with Sweat, you know, uh, Oliver. This guy's upside is is right up there at the top of it. And, you know, but we got to figure out how in the world we're going to get to it because right now I don't even know if we can see his upside or a path to it. Uh, Somebody's really going to have to put the work in with a guy like this. I, I, absolutely. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a good question about him in a second, but I'm gonna be very quick with um with with what I saw. Obviously, you know, jump you know, two hundred and seventy seven pounds of a guy that big running running a four point five nine forty. It's impressive, but when you just wanna talk about pure movement skills, when I just looked at him at the combine, he was a guy that was able to move laterally, was able to guy was a guy that could flip his hips really well. Uh, you know, show show that he has that change of direction ability, and and you know some some guys struggle with that. To me, you know, he look he looks like a football player. But going back to what you said, he he needs a coach and he needs a defined position. And here's my here's my sixty four thousand dollar question for you, Austin. If you're if you're looking at Rashawn Gary and trying to fit, figure out a positional fit for him in the NFL that he's best suited for, where exactly are you playing? Um, 
<laughs> Gosh, it's tough because I've got an answer where he can maybe be more of an immediate impact and then long-term impact. Uh, if it's me, you look at this skill set. I've got to put him across from that left tackle. And, you know, like I say, hey, forget about, you know, keeping it at 277 pounds. Um, forget about, you know, I want to take advantage of that arm length and that explosiveness, that ability, like you said, to kind of, you know, to show flexibility in your hips and, you know, and some bend in your torso. I, I, I want to, I mean, you just don't have guys that come out with those kinds of abilities all the time. I mean, and that's, you know, it, it, that's where I think his potential is the highest is just line him up across from that left tackle at that right end spot and say, bud, you know, beat him, beat him. We'll, we'll teach you more and more as you grow how to beat him, you know, and yet, you know what? Hey, your first year, we're probably not going to see the numbers we want to see. Second year may not be that way either, but you know what? If you're a first round pick, I've got four years with a fifth option. By the time we're getting to three, year three and four, if you buy into me, then we're going to have the kind of player that 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 we want in the third or fourth year player in Rashawn Gary. So uh, that's that's kind of you know if you got a guy with this unique kind of upside, I think you got to swing for the fences and say, okay, you know, I think he could go in and play a five technique in a three four and maybe be a little bit more impactful because of his explosiveness and that length against interior guys. But, but like I said, long-term is that, is, are you going to get the most out of him? I, I just don't see it. Put him on, like I say, put him opposite of that, that left tackle and say, bud, let's go win. Love it. Good, good, good stuff. Yeah. I, I think, I think with his size, what he brings there, you know, you, you know, you definitely, definitely want to play him up, up front. And I think that's, you know that that would be an ideal spot where I'd look for him in the pros, and you know he's going to be in a look to me. He when I look at him, he just looks like a pure football player. Like he, like some guys, the way they move and, and everything. You know, some guys look like athletes, and some guys look like football players. He looks he looks like an athlete and a football player to me. Uh, I just think he's going to need the right coaching and a you know defined position at the next level. And you know he may be a guy that you know. Doesn't make his impact for the first couple of years, but you see a lot of these guys come out in year three and year four and really start to tear it up. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish with we're gonna finish with two players, and uh, you know first uh, we're gonna talk we're gonna bring our producer uh, Josh Davis back in uh, because you know we're gonna talk about a guy that when I saw him uh, at the combine. Uh, I watched a lot of guys, but, but this uh, this guy really jumped off the tape to me. He's 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 one of the guys in my pass rushing list, and I have not watched the you know detailed tape on. I think I've watched a couple snaps after that, but I really want to go back and look at him. And he's gonna be one of the next players that I that I evaluate on the show. But you know, Josh, maybe maybe give me a little teaser of what I'm gonna see on the film. You you've been you've been a hardcore FSU fan for a long time. I know you can talk about this guy. What do you see from edge rusher Brian Burns, and what can he bring to an NFL team, and, and do you think he can make an impact at the next level? Well, I'll start off by saying there's not been a whole lot over the last couple of years at FSU to talk good about, um, especially last year. Uh, it was just his second year starting. Uh, it, was his it was his junior year, uh, and he played real small. Uh, he played, he's 6'5", he played right around 230, in between 20, 225 and 230, so he got a, a lot of knocks about his weight. But what the guy does is he uses that 6'5 frame and he takes advantage of the leverage and he's got great hands. His footwork is excellent, but his hands is what gets him free uh, from the bigger guys that try to get on it, get in him on the inside. Uh, but what his, his, uh, his sophomore year, he was stuck there kind of behind the guys like Josh Sweat and uh, um, DeMarcus Watkins – or Walker, excuse me, DeMarcus Walker. Uh, those guys were, were elite defenders for Florida State, and he was kind of third on the list of what everybody was watching. Uh, but this year he, he came out and he showed that even on a defense that was really, really – I'll say it like this. The expectations were high. Uh, but what we got was was disappointment. Um, but from him, 
We didn't get that. And he, he came out this year and he made people watch him. Even playing at a smaller frame uh, or smaller weight, he, uh, he made people watch him. And for those that said something about his weight, he did something about that too to make you look at him. He gained almost 20 pounds, if not more. He says that he gained 21 pounds. Uh, but he, they got him listed at 235 at his playing weight. I don't think he really played there. But they had him at 249 at the combine, and he still ran a 4.5340. And he spent a lot of time, like a like a Josh Allen, in both positions. He'd get his hand in the dirt, and he'd just bum rush and just get in the backfield. And he also spent a whole lot of time uh, standing up. So he can do both. Uh, I think he thrives better when he can – he can use his speed against guys. I don't know that he's able to do that as much when he's standing up, but when he gets his hand in the dirt, he's able to explode off the snap and get past guys before they're able to take that second and third step where they're in a better position to start blocking. And, and if they do beat him to a spot, he's able to use his hands and his footwork to get past them. And again, he's, he's good in coverage. Some people are talking about he, he plays he plays real similar to Bruce Irvin. I, I, don't, I don't know if I put him there or not, but I'll tell you, Brian Burns will make somebody one heck of a, of a, of a talent on the end, whether they've got him standing up or whether they've got him with his hand in his dirt, excuse me, hand in the dirt. And one thing I love about this is you've got guys like Bosa, you've got guys like Sweat, that Bosa put up those stats. Sweat put up, I mean, he played really well throughout the year, but he put up those monster numbers at the combine. Brian Burns, again, uh, like he has the whole time that he's, uh, he's been playing, kind of under the radar. Uh, uh, yes, he's being talked about, but he's going to fall into a position where he's going to be on a good team, I believe. He's going to fall between 15 and 20, I think, in the draft. And I think it's going to put him in a good situation to go in there and be with a team that has an established defense. And I don't think that he's going to be in a position where he, he, he might be the only guy that's, that, that, that can produce on a higher-end level. And I think that's going to help his career out. But no, no doubt uh, Brian Burns has been a standout because he's able to do things at that lighter weight that a lot of people uh, heavier than him weren't. And, and that sets him apart from a lot of guys. And, he, and, and the fact that he did gain, I know a lot of people bulk up before the combine, but he gained nearly 20 pounds uh, to get in there. And, and his numbers this year, 10 sacks, 52 total tackles. He had three forced fumbles and uh, three passes uh, that he got his hands on, um, on a defense that was severely underwhelming. Um, we had good, good defensive backfield, but uh, uh, everywhere – well, there were lots of holes, but there was not one uh, where Brian was lined up. And he lined up a lot on both sides. You never really knew where to get to him. So he, he, uh, um, he's able to play either end. He's able to play standing up. Uh, I think, like Austin alluded to uh, before with Josh Allen, I, even with his hands and his footwork, I don't know that he's a strong side player. Uh, I think he's better in pursuit. Um, but, but most definitely he's going to be disrupting some backfields this year uh, and, and is going to make a, a good decision uh, for whoever it is that decides to pick him up in the draft. I, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, I thank you for the insight. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch the tape on him. So, guys, we, 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 are, we, we are towards the end of our show, so we got, we got, two, we got two minutes left. So, uh, we're, you know, I'm going to – well, two and a half minutes. I'm going to take – 30 seconds talk to you about some of the things I saw from Quinn Williams and have our own Austin Smith finish up by telling you what he saw from Quinn Williams at the combine and why he is one of his top prospects in this year's draft. But, uh, you know, immediately, you know, just, you know, if you watch the combine on the NFL network, they started to talk about the comparisons, you know, with Aaron Donald. Do I think he has the same get off as Aaron Donald? No, but he has incredibly good cutoff. I mean, he, I think he, I think he is the real deal. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Donald, I think he ran like a 4.68. Quinn Williams ran a 4.84. Quinn Williams, you know, is bigger than not exactly the same body frame. Uh, Donald is a shorter, more lighter, more compact. But when you look at Quinn Williams, you know, going through the drills, it looks easy for him. There's no laboring, and he and he's just another 
big freak of nature with incredibly good lateral movement. Um, just, you know, a guy that big that is, uh, again, uh, you know, I talked before about being quick in small spaces. He's, he's that guy, but he's also, he's also 300 pounds, just a, just a great mover. And, again, someone else that looks like, you know, whether you're turning on the football tape uh, or, or you're watching at the combine, this this guy this guy looks like a football player. Gabe, you know, take take two minutes, finish us off, and, and tell us about what you saw from Quinn Williams, you know, at the combine, and and what you see for him as a as an NFL pro. Uh, you know, you talked about maybe not an elite get off, but let me tell you what I see. I see an active get off. I see a guy who does not sit still in his get-off. He does not give you that chest. He doesn't open that chest off much to try and get by him. And I just love the way Jonah Williams, his teammate, described him when he said, you know, in the season, they asked him, what's it like to try and block him? They said, imagine trying to block a wet bar of soap. And I was like, wow, that is a compliment for a defensive lineman because, you know, it does. It's just you just can't keep your hands on him. He's so quick yet so powerful that the second you do see his chest, well, by that point, he's already barreling over you. That's what I constantly saw was a guy that did not offer his chest up to anybody, guys. You're not going to get those hands on me. I'm either going to explode by you, I'm going to go through you, or I'm just going to flat out outmaneuver you with my hands and my feet. And, uh, man, uh, I came away from the combine and I said, you know what, I wouldn't argue for a minute if Arizona pulled the trigger on him at one, I still say Bosa, but uh, yeah, if I were Arizona and the majority of the room was saying Quinnen Williams, I'd, I'd, I'd fall right in line. I'd say, guys, you get no argument from me. Yeah, he's, he is big. He is powerful. He is slippery and he's, and he's, and he's NFL ready. And you know, he's, he's got, you know, when you want to look at guys that, Check everything off. I mean, he's 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 one of those other guys that you know you look at all the boxes that he that he checks off. Uh, to to me, you know, he's about as a, he's about as close as it gets to a home run prospect for an interior defensive lineman. So, guys, that wraps up everything we have for you today. This show again, uh, part of part of Pigskin Nut Radio. This is the Pro Football Scouting Show. I am Steve the Scout, the CEO of Pigskin Nut Media. For more information, follow us at pigskinnut.com. Click that little PSN radio icon in the top right. Check out our radio station for more information. You can also follow us on social media, on any social media outlet, at Pigskin Nut. This is Steve the Scout with the rest of the crew, Josh and Austin, signing off.